Training camps have opened across the NHL. We still have four unsigned RFAs over three teams. Who's going to hold out the longest? And should we start getting worried about what's happening in Anaheim? That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on NHL. Your Locked on NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On NHL Thursday edition. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jay Foster, also from Locked On Blue Jackets. That's Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins. And uh, before we get started today, we want to thank you guys for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On NHL is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube and on Sirius XM. So normally we would do, you know power rankings or predictions or things like that on this Thursday edition. But uh, today I thought with trading camps opening up, uh, we could talk about a couple of RFAs that are still unsigned, even as players have started to hit the ice for their respective trading camps. Um, three of these names are a bigger deal than one. So shall we just like get that guy out of the way and then we can talk about the the meat of this episode? Um, Blue Jackets defenseman Tim Burney uh, made his uh, NHL debut this season uh, in, you know, a truly decimated Blue Jackets defensive lineup um, to the point where this episode started and he was like, I don't know who that is. And I think I might be one of like six people that know who Tim Burney is. But um, for some reason, he is unsigned. And this might be the, it's not the most confusing one to me, but this should be the easiest contract to sign. Surely he had four points in what 50 something games, 59 games. He had three points in 59 games. There we go. Um, was a minus 26. And like, surely you just sign that guy to league minimum for two years and you're like, right, job done. On to the next guy. Right. I mean, that this should be a really easy one to come to agreement to, Jay, whether it's what one year, 800K. If you want to do another extra year, two years, 800K per year, up to like 1.6 million. That's fine. That's basically league minimum at that point. This one should not be hard. I I would probably expect that to be done probably before the first preseason game on Sunday, maybe, because I know the Penguins and Blue Jackets actually have a split squad game, 1 o'clock on Sunday in one place, and then 7 o'clock on Sunday during at the other place. So you get to watch those games while watching NFL football if you're listening from the United States. But I would imagine this gets done pretty quick, right? Yeah, it's it's a, it's honestly it feels like a really weird situation because usually I feel like the RFAs that hold out are you know the big names, um, you know uh, William Nylander held out I believe Mitch Marner also held out uh, back in the day Zach Wierenski also held out you know we'll look at the other three names that we're looking at are you know potential franchise pieces for their teams. If you don't want to just get Tim Bernie signed and like be done with it, why do you like why offer him the the QO, the the qualifying offer at all? Especially because the Blue Jackets have approximately seven hundred defensemen at training camp. I don't, I don't know. Like you said, I expect this to be done. Um, I wonder. I almost wonder if the agent is waiting to see what the defense shakes out like in Columbus. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bernie go back to Switzerland if he doesn't get a spot on the NHL roster, which I don't know why it's his first season. 
I don't think he's, what, 23, I think? that He's still young. It's not like this is his last chance to make the NHL, but just a very, a very strange situation that I don't fully understand, even as someone that's kind of been paying attention to it all summer. Yeah, and obviously I know the Blue Jackets have been gone through hell and back the last couple of weeks. With everything yeah, it's been a busy couple, of, busy couple of weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that was probably their main focus. But now with that behind them, they can maybe, you know, get down to this and obviously focus on training camp as well since that's opening this weekend. I, I would imagine, again, that's probably going to get done at some point in the near future. It's the other three, I think, that there's a lot of questions over. Yeah, exactly. Um, honestly, I wouldn't put it past Yawakakalayana to sign him like while we're actively recording this episode because that's <laughs> what happens. Like... <laughs> I put my phone down for 20 minutes and they get rid of Mike Babcock on Sunday night, you know? So uh, that's that's how this works. But let's let's move on to, to some of the more interesting names on this list. Um, let's start with Shane Pinto in Ottawa, who, again, is, is another confusing name to not have signed because if I'm Ottawa, this kid uh, scored 20 goals in his rookie season. Um He's only 22 years old. Like, this again feels like a, let's get this kid signed. Um, I believe it might be a, cap, a salary cap. It is. In Ottawa that is preventing him from, from being signed. But, like, what, what's, your, what's your feeling on Shane Pinto and, like, how this ends up going? Yeah, I believe it is a salary cap situation there. They're, they don't really have much space right now. I think they're, they're going to have to clear a contract to get him signed. Ottawa just has, they have that to deal with. And they also have the new ownership situation to deal with. That still hasn't fully been, I guess, finalized, made official, whatever word you want to call it. So there's a lot of things going on in Ottawa right now. I know Pinto received trade interest from the Philadelphia Flyers. And I think a couple other teams that I think was previously reported by Elliot Freeman. It makes sense that teams would call on him, especially because the senators have salary cap problems that they can't bring him back right now. So, you know, you want to see what you can get for him, all that stuff. But I don't think the senators really want to go down that road. They see this player as a big part of their future. As you said, had 20 goals this past year, had a really good year for the Sens. I think he's eventually going to sign it just may have to come after they make a trade, just I guess a salary dump, if you want to call it that, What and they trade a contract to a team. Maybe they attach a draft pick to it, something like that. But I, I think this is going to keep going until they can make a deal. Yeah, they're kind of really – I think I think from what I understand anyway, um, and from what I've managed to glean from um, Locked On Senators in my brief Twitter scrollings, they're looking to trade Matthew uh, Joseph. Um, who's currently making almost $3 million for the next three years. Right. That would make, that would make sense. Do you give I mean, Shane Pinto more than $3 million? Because the Sens have looked, I mean, the Sens have looked at a lot of their players and they've gone, right, we're just going to lock you up long-term. Stutzler, Shabbat, uh, Sanderson, like uh, Kachuk as well, even like they got locked up to long-term deals early. And it wouldn't surprise me if they want to do that again with Pinto, especially if the, he's going to be the player that they think he's going to be like, he's going to, he's probably their future second line center as Claude Giroux starts to, you know, decline. Um, right. I mean, he's what, 35 now. So it's probably, it's, you know, if they get rid of Shane Pinto, like they don't really have another option in the lineup so they 
it makes I, I can see why people are reaching out and have interest, but I also don't think that that's a trade Ottawa makes unless the return is great, which it likely wouldn't be. I agree. I don't think they're going to be making a trade there unless they're maybe getting like a high pick to a top prospect, maybe both in return for him, something like that, or even a roster player too. Just because of how young this player is, how good he was last year, I don't see that at all. I think they're going to try to come to an agreement, you know, right after they make a deal, or maybe it just lines up perfectly and they get the deal done, and then at the same time they announce the extension. Yeah, what what I would imagine is they probably have that contract done. And as soon as Joseph or whoever is on his way out of town, they'll be like, right, boom, done. Um, right. But still, I'm, I'm surprised it's taken this long. I guess they, they must be really having trouble shifting Joseph. Uh, the tra- I mean, the trade deadline or the trade market has been wild in like not in a good way all summer i feel like like look at the the eric carlson trade like that felt extremely underwhelming right to me um and if the, the return for eric carlson is underwhelming then you know is it a case of are they going to have to put a second round pick in with joseph to get someone to take that contract i mean that's that's a good question i mean i think they would have to attach some kind of pick to get out of that one don't know how high it's going to be but you know, second, third, something like that. I mean, I mean, I could see it. Yeah. Let's let's move on. Uh, let's talk about what, for my mind, is the most interesting of these of these RFA's. Um, and we're going to talk about what the heck is going on in Anaheim. Uh, they have two unsigned restricted free agents and arguably two cornerstone pieces for that franchise, and neither of them have been signed yet. So we're going to talk about that in just a second here on NHL. First, though, I have to tell you guys about AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. Uh, I gave it a try because I was tired all the time. I was getting sick a lot, and uh, I wanted something that wasn't, like, just taking 700 different vitamins every morning, uh, and I'd heard the hype about AG1, wanted to see if it was true, and it is. Uh, So I get up in the morning, I will make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or whatever, I will have my AG1 with that, and it makes me ready to start my day. I am good to go. It makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body, which is great for me uh, as I am a gremlin person that exists basically on uh, chicken nuggets and Diet Coke most of the time. So AG1 is really giving me that boost I need. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. All right, welcome back to Locked on NHL. Thanks again for making us your first listen every day. Uh, We're on all podcast apps. All podcast platforms, YouTube and SiriusXM. I'm Jay Foster. That's Hunter Hodes. We're talking about unsigned RFAs, and uh, this is this is the big one. I think is Anaheim has somehow managed to not sign either of their big RFAs in Trevor Zegris and Jamie Drysdale. So one of these, I think, is a bigger deal than the other one. Um, but, uh, what, which one do you want to start with Hunter? Who should we talk about first? 
Let's honestly do Trevor Zegers because this one, it feels like you, you, you know where it's going, but it, they still haven't signed it yet. I think the Ducks are just being really stingy here with both him and Drysdale. It's been widely reported that they're going to sign Zegers to a bridge deal, two, three years. Don't know what the AAV is going to look like. Maybe it's going to be in that 6.5 to 7 million range. Maybe it's a little lower than that. You know, Zegers this past year. Obviously very good for the Ducks. 23 goals, 65 points in 81 games. The year before, 23 goals, 61 points in 75 games. He is one of, if not their best player, him and Troy Terry, I think are their two best players, in my opinion. You can make an argument for either one as the top one. But with Zegris, it shouldn't be this difficult. I understand the Ducks' management is a bit difficult with contract negotiations. That's been widely out there too. But this is one of your best players. You have to sell tickets to put fans in the stands, even though you know the team is not going to be that good this year. Get this done. Like that, this should really right. not be hard. Whether it's a two-year term, whether it's a three-year term, whatever, go ahead and get this done. It camp has started. The regular season starts in basically three weeks, a little less than that at this point, opening nights in 19 days. Now there, there's no reason to not get this done at this point. Yeah. So on Lockdown Blue Jackets, we've been talking about players like Kent Johnson, players like Johnny Gaudreau. We call them box office players um, because people will buy a ticket to go and see that player. And Zegris is another one of those box office players. You know, he is one of the most exciting players in the league to watch. Um, and yeah, you'd think that they want to get this done. Um, I know that you just said was it 6.5 to 7 million. I've seen reports that they're basically looking, that the Ducks are at between three and four million AAV for Trevor Zegris, which that's not good. That's yeah, that's that is so woefully underpaying that guy. Like I wasn't I'm trying to think of a, a good comparable contract for him. Like if I'm Anaheim, I might lock him up to like a Tim Stutzler deal or a Jack Hughes deal. I don't think he's going to be as good as either of those players, but if you lock Trevor Zegers up for a 7.8 or 7 times 8, that feels like a win every day. And to find wow. out that the Ducks are like, well, we'll give you between 3 and $4 million for two or three years. Like, I can see why Zegers' agent is like, no, 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 no. We, no. Will, we will have double that money and double that term. So, it seems like those the two sides are quite far apart, which, again, feels like a problem because as someone who covers a team that has had their fair share of RFA drama, this is a really good way to ruin a relationship right. with a player. That's a great way of looking at it. You don't, and especially one of your best players, Jay. Mm -hmm. At worst, Trevor Zegers is the second best player on the Ducks. Why would you want to ruin that relationship with a player, especially one who is so young and, oh yeah, He's also so much fun. You look at him on the ice. He's having the time of his life. He's joking around. He's also a great interview, whether it's locally or nationally. There's no reason to just be doing this and being so far apart. Again, at the end of the day, the Ducks job, I know you want to be a bit stingy. I know you want to sign they him. They have $16 million in cap space, though. Yeah. Like, sorry to interrupt you, but like $16 I, yeah. million. You're right. And I know they want to be a bit stingy. That's just how they operate. But as you said, you have almost $20 million in cap space. Your team is not going to be that good. You might be struggling to even put some fans in the stands this year. Give the fans what they want here. Sign him, and then they'll come to the games to watch him just because he is one of the most watchable players 
on this team. And honestly, I'll say the same with Jamie Drysdale. They got to figure that one out too, because he's one of the best young defensemen in the game today too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll talk about Drysdale in a minute, but like, I can understand why there's a bit of a holdup with Drysdale. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into that in, in just a little bit, but yeah. And I was just, I just pulled up the ducks cap friendly spe- page to look at like, have they got a bunch of contracts coming that they're like, Oh, we need to save some of that 16 million. No. Uh, Mason McTavish, is up for an extension uh, in two seasons. So the 2025 off-season, McTavish is going to be up for uh, a new contract. Leo Carlson is going to be up a year after that. But, like, even if they're worried about that, again, $16 million in cap space right now to sign both Zegras and Drysdale. And then you, you even if you give them both 7 mil each, which they probably, which they won't, that's just I don't I just I don't get it. And like you say, I think it's that it's them being it's them being stingy and them not wanting to pay. But like, why would you not just give him the contract that you gave Troy Terry, who is making seven million dollars until uh, for the next eight years, basically? Why and, would you and they almost mean Zegers to that and be like, right, okay, we're done. We don't have to worry about it. The cap's going up next year anyway. Just it, it doesn't make any sense. And they almost went to arbitration with Troy Terry, if you remember. You know, mm-hmm. They were basically on that day about to do the hearing, and they agreed to that contract just before. So this is not the first time this offseason that they've been really weird with contracts when it comes to their best players. Yeah. Do you think that – so we talked a little bit, obviously, about how how Blue, the Blue Jackets are probably going to get Tim Bernie signed sooner or later, uh, Shane Pinto. The Sens are probably just waiting until they can figure out a trade. How long do you think this goes on for in Anaheim with with Zegers? Do you think it's a case of like I remember um, William Nylander, I believe, signed like quite far into the season. I feel like it was like November or early December when when Nylander signed his extension. And um, do you think that happens here? Do you think he misses regular season time because of the holdout? What do you think happens there? It's going to be close. I mean, they got three weeks to do this. Right now, I'm going to say no. I think both are going to sign before the season. At the end of the day, deadlines spur spur action. And with, I think, the regular season as the main deadline here, I do think you you are going to see both of these players sign. Now, if I'm wrong, you know, you can old takes excuse me, whether you're on YouTube or you're listening, you can go DM me or whatever. But I do think these are going to get done before the season starts. But if they don't, man, Ducks fans, I don't know how many are going to want to go to games without Dreamy Drysdale and Trevor Zegers playing. It's just, I know they have, again, they have some good talent there with Troy Terry. They made some good signings during the offseason. You want to see if John Gibson can maybe bounce back this year in goal. But without Drysdale and Zegers, it, that team is just not as fun to watch. And oh, I know that's Captain Obvious, but. Trevor Zegers should be the face of this team. They should be putting his face on literally everything. You know, like I'm not talking about handing him the key to the city quite yet, but he should be the face of this team. Like you said, he's got a great personality. He's a great interview. He's so much fun to watch on the ice. And on top of that, he is a very good player. You know, you get some players that are fun, but mostly trick shots, but he can back that up with skill as well. So what are you doing, Papabeek? You've been having a really confusing offseason so far. Like, really? the fans are grateful that you did what you did at the draft, but I don't know what the game the game plan is here. Um, 
We'll take another quick break. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Jamie Drysdale, that situation, and uh, why I think that it makes more sense that Drysdale is not signed just yet. That's all coming up in just a second here on Locked On NHL. First, though, I've got to tell you about bird dogs because they are literally the most comfortable things I've ever put on my body. Like, that's not exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. They are, I'm angry about how comfy they are because I have to wear things that aren't bird dogs sometimes. Um, they are great for every situation. I wear them to the rink when I have to go work games. I wear them when I am lying around the house. I'll wear them to go to the store. Like, if you have to go pick up your kids, you can put your bird dogs on and just jump in the car. Like, they are great for every situation. They're so comfy. They fit great. They look great. They're made of this like special stretchy khaki fabric. So they look formal, but they are actually stretchy and super comfortable and incredible. And I will recommend Bird Dog person um, if you let me. So visit birddogs.com slash locked on NHL, or you can use promo code locked on NHL uh, at checkout and you're going to get a free water bottle with any Bird Dogs purchase. Uh, and, you know, I love a reusable water bottle as well. So Bird Dogs is really Checking all the boxes here. Once again, birddogs.com slash NHL or use promo code LockdownNHL at checkout to get a free water bottle with any purchase. You don't want to, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. All right. We're back with Lockdown NHL, Jay Foster, Hunter Hodes. We're talking about RFAs. Uh, we are confused by many of the decisions so far. Um, and I am confused by the Jamie Drysdale lack of contract, but I also, I understand this one the most, I think, because Jamie Drysdale played eight games last season, and then I believe he separated his shoulder and was then done for the season. So, like, that's tough in a contract year. If I remember rightly, he had a pretty decent rookie season for... Um, 32 points in 81 games in his uh Yeah, he was good. Rookie season. He was really good that year. Yeah. And so, like, I can get why the Ducks management is like, oh, maybe this was a fluke. Maybe he isn't that player. He isn't going to be that player. Maybe he's not going to get better. But I don't know. I get it, but it still it still confuses me. Because, again, like like we said in this last se- in the last segment about Zegris, like, this is – your this is your franchise defenseman. Um, I got a little bit of hate for saying this last time, but in my mind, Jamie Zegris, Jamie Zegris, wow, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Drysdale could be the next Quinn Hughes, I think. Which, again, some Canucks fan got really, really mad at me for saying that, but I'm standing by that. You know, he could be this, he could be the franchise defenseman for the Ducks. They have a lot of good defensemen coming up, but I really like Jamie Drysdale. And again, if I was the GM of the of the Anaheim Ducks, I would have been like, "Yep, no, we'll get you signed, and then we'll deal with the cap. We'll deal with the cap implications later." Yeah, Jamie Drysdale is awesome. You know, you said it. He had a really good 2021-2022 campaign: four goals, thirty-two points, eighty-one games. He had a little bit of a rookie season before that when he played twenty-four games, three goals, eight points. So I guess. That was his second season, but I guess it was his first full season in the league. So you can probably call that his rookie year. But I don't know if he's going to be as good as Quinn Hughes. I want to see him develop more of an offensive game like Hughes has before I say that. But he definitely has the potential to be that good. He's definitely going to be the number one defenseman for many years to come. That contract right now is interesting just because he missed a lot of time this past season. 
you know, only played eight games, had no points. What does that AAV look like? That's the big question for me, Jay. Do you sign him to a term, which is like three to four years? Maybe you give him, I don't know, is six six point six six point five million per right there. I mean, and I don't know if that's a little high for someone who only has thirty two points, but I think they might be banking on him to have a lot more than that. It's kind of similar to some of these long term contracts that you've seen recently signed, especially with the Senators, right? They've been signing a lot of their players to max term, even though they haven't fully produced or gotten to star status yet. But they're banking on them getting there. And you know, Tampa Bay just had their contract this past season with um, I'm blanking on the name. Was it Nick Paul that they signed for? Was it uh, no, 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 not Nick Paul. It was uh, was it him or Brandon Hagel that they signed for a lot of term, decent amount of money, and people overreacted to it, but it's. They think he's a big part of their team, and they think he's going to grow into that contract. Mm-hmm. I think the same is could be said here with Jamie Drysdale, where you sign him to, you know, I don't know, maybe a shorter term. If you want to give him longer term, you can. You give him a big number, but he grows into it, especially considering how young he is. He's come back from an injury, and I think that could be their thinking here. They just haven't been able to come to an agreement just yet. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I I mean he's he's just turned 21 in April. So like he's not even, and it depends on take a long time to get going anyway. But yeah, like, like you said, I, I wonder if like, again, the move for me would be look at Tage Thompson. Look how much we laughed at that contract extension when they signed it, you know, and it's paying off pretty well for, for Buffalo. Right. Sometimes you have to take a risk. And again, I want to I want to state just how much cap space the Ducks have. They could sign Jamie Jamie Drysdale. I almost said Jamie Seagrass again. I don't know what I don't know what's going on there. Um, it's fine. I'm doing my best out here. Um, you could sign him to you know five by five, and be and that would be absolutely fine. You know, yeah. I can see why like six point five is a little rich for a guy that you know played one season and then immediately got hurt and we don't know what he's going to look like coming back from this injury but it wouldn't surprise me to see him sign a bridge deal as well again maybe two seasons at four four point five um and then of course you run the risk of him turning into a monster right and demanding maybe not eric carlson money but demanding you know eight or nine million for the next eight years so it's it's a it's a careful game you've got to play with an RFA, especially an RFA. In, and I feel like we've seen that a lot in the past kind of couple of seasons is these, you know, 20, 21, 22 year olds signing these contracts and then immediately taking off. Agreed. And you're right. They can do a bridge deal signed to four, 4.5 million as a way of saying, Hey, we know you got hurt this past year. We're going to give you a short term deal. See if you can get back to that level or even get a lot higher for your game. As you just said, Jay, and then if you do, okay, we'll revisit your contract when this is done. We'll give you the raise that you deserve, whether that's Troy Terry money, whether that's a bit higher money. Again, as you said, not Eric Carlson money, but maybe it's down the line, it's Kel McCarr money mm-hmm. or something like that. But I could definitely see two bridge deals happening here as well. But they, they got to get something done. You, you got to get these two players signed. You do not want them holding out. Into the season, we've seen that happen before with other teams. It's not a good situation for either side, and especially for the fans because they want to see this player, and they'll start to get frustrated. It's probably from the, probably at the management side a bit more 
because they're not getting this done unless the player is asking for something totally ridiculous. But, you know, this is what happens as well with these two players who are not eligible for arbitration because now you run the risk of these players heading in. And, you know, arbitration deadlines, those spear, definitely spur action. But I think with the regular season coming up, that has to spur some action here as well. Yeah, and I feel like as well, the longer it goes on, like we talked about this a little bit in the last segment, is okay, so they signed them to two-year to two, to two year deals for way less AAV. Like we talked, I, I'm sure it was between three and four million that was being rumored that the Ducks wanted to pay Trevor's egress. And they're like, okay, we'll give you four million for the next two years. And he's like, okay, cool. In that case, I will sign right up to UFA status and then see you later, you know? Like that's that's how that's how players get to UFA and then just walk immediately. Um, it's it's a mess. Um, right. And even if they do sign them to bridge deals, like I said, um, Mason McTavish is up for an extension in two years. Leo Carlson two years after that, uh, a year after that, excuse me. And then some of the guys that they are um, really high on in terms of their prospect depth, they've got Pavel Minchikov and o- uh, Olin Zellweger, who are both up for extension either that year or the year after that depending on if they're entry-level slides so like it feels like the longer this goes on and if they do sign them to these two or three year deals that it's just going to okay three years down the line well now we have to find money for Zegris, Drysdale and Leo Carlson and potentially two more players so like but without the with how the duck salary cap situation is, it's probably not going to be that bad because they honestly never spend up to the cap, do they? I don't really think they ever do. This isn't like – I know. I'm going to toot my team's horn here. This isn't really like the Penguins who always have cap issues. The Ducks, they usually have plenty of cap space. And, yes, maybe that will dwindle a little bit in a few years, but I think Pat Verbeek and company will be able to – they need to – get out of a contract or two to even create more. But I don't really foresee them having too many salary cap problems just because, again, they've been bad, I guess, for so long now that they never really have had to spend. But I know they want to be a contender pretty soon, so that's going to have to change at some point. But I think when those contracts you know, get ready to be signed, even after these two, McTavish, Carlson, those guys, I think they'll still have enough money where they can fit all of them in there and have them be their core for years to come. Yeah, you like you like to think so. You um, hope so. I am I am not as convinced as as you, but I think that's because I have a lot of faith in guys like Leo Carlson to just maybe not have a great rookie season, but to just take off right. in maybe his sophomore or season after that, and again do the Tim Stutzler thing of being like, "Well, I will take nine million dollars now, please." And if right. you've got four or five guys doing that, then oh well, whoops, there goes all of your cap flexibility. But um, let's. Let's finish up with who I, I can't remember. Did we do that? Did I ask you this in the in the second segment? Who signs first, Zegers or Drysdale? You didn't ask me that one. I think you said who holds out the long. I don't know if you even did that one. Who signs? I remember first? we talked about we talked around it, but yeah. Who do you of? of okay, let's let's go. Zegers, Drysdale, Pinto. Who signs first? Pinto. I think he signs first. I think the Senators get a trade done, whether it's Matthew Joseph or someone else. And I think right when that happens, Pinto will sign. I think that, that that one definitely gets done before the season. Yeah, I agree. That contract is just sitting on someone's computer, ready for ready yes. for things to happen. Um, 
that's all we've got for today. Uh, tomorrow, Lockdown NHL will be back with uh, Gil and Rachel, who you should definitely listen to them because they are very smart and very good at this. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. That's been Hunter Hodes. You can find him on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Uh, you can find Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. We're on YouTube. We're on Sirius XM. And uh, thank you for making us your first listen or your first watch of the day. Once again, Lockdown NHL will be back tomorrow with a Friday edition. And I believe there'll be a women's hockey segment as well after the uh, PWHL draft happened uh, this week. Super exciting. So check that out. Until then, make sure you stay locked on.